Live from the Xfinity Studios at WVON. We're your original social media. The Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. to you live <laughs> with a few distractions there but I think we I think we have it okay let's get going it's been a crazy week these weeks are uh, you know the, the the crazy weeks are seeming like they're coming closer together I mean usually you get a crazy week and then you get a you know a break in there uh, but um I don't know. The crazy weeks are coming one right after the other. So you know what? I think for me, I'm going to, you know, we take a break after, you know, the intro. But I think I need to go ahead and just take a take a breather. How about you? So I'm just going to take a breath. Take a breath with me if you need to. Otherwise, we'll catch you on the back end. Okay. Feeling much better. Feeling much better. Um. Well, you know... I guess as 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 best to be expected because I know that you've heard, you know, this Kobe Bryant situation. It's just, you know, I'm I'm still reeling from it. Not that I'm a major, you know, basketball fan. I mean, I watch it from time to time. If it's on in the house, you know, I'll watch it. And sometimes I actually will turn it on. I'm more of a football fan. Um, but I'll turn it on. I, I mean, I'm familiar with the players and things like that. But, you know, Kobe is somebody that you kind of know outside of the um, outside of the the court. Not personally, but I'm just talking about with all of the things that he's been doing, especially since his retirement. And it was just so, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you share with me, it was just so unexpected. And, you know, he is one of those people because of the because of just the shocking news there are people that you just always remember where you were what you were doing um when you get that you know when you get the news of um of their passing and you know i just 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 really completely shocked and then 
when you add the fact that his daughter, you know, 13 years old, I mean, at 13, you're not even saying that you're just starting your life because you're still in that molding season. You're not even in that place where you're just kind of, you know, you, you're taking the reins and you, you're moving forward. And just with all of her talent and, I mean, I don't have to remind you, I know you've been listening to this uh, all week, but I just wanted to, you know, before getting into the program, kind of to share a little bit of, um, you know, what it, what it, what it means and, and just, uh, the feeling that you're left with. And so for me, the feeling, if, if, as if we haven't already, or as if we don't already have enough to muddle through with this impeachment, it just feels like we are a nation in mourning, you know, uh, no matter which way we turn, there's there are things that are just so and and I don't want to say this from a place of um, naivety because you understand that there are things that are going on all the time. You know, people are being born and people are dying, and uh, folks are struggling from you know from from just about every area. Of life, they struggle, and so, and we know this to be true. But I think when it doesn't come in our circle, um, you know, even though we are attached on some levels because of social media, you know, we we tend to know that it's going on, but it's over there. But then it kind of comes into our backyard, you know, and and it comes into our backyard either because we personally have a relationship or. You know, when it comes to, uh, you know, celebrities and, and major figures that are a part of our life, because basketball, football, all of these sports, they are part of our life, not because we may play them and not because we know these individuals, but they are a part, you know, you work, the weekend comes, just like right now, you're looking forward to the Super Bowl, well, most of us looking forward to the Super Bowl, and so these games and the activities become a part of our life agenda and because of that we get to know these people and then they become a part of um you know a part of us in indirectly and so this impacts you and so sometimes you're feeling like why am I feeling this way why am I feeling this but it's just this little bit of sadness that kind of comes over so you know, I've tried to stay away from a lot of the news be- about it because it just, it, it really does. And especially when you think about, you know, the daughter, Gigi, and you think about Vanessa and the, and uh, I think it's N- Natalia and uh, Capri and um, is it Brianna? Uh, I'll double check that because I want to make sure I have that correctly. But, you know, you think about their lives and I, I, cannot imagine what, um, you know, Vanessa is going through. And so we pray and my prayers continue to go out to her for her, uh, protection and, um, also for strength, which she is absolutely going to need to make it through this. And I just said, I'm going to step away from it and wait until I hear what, um, you know, what all happened because you start to hear all of the stories and I don't know, we just have to be careful because when we say things, it goes out and it impacts um, others. Oh, and I do not want to forget the other uh, seven individuals that were on that flight. I mean, 
uh, from the pilot to the um, to to the the friends and the family that was there on that flight. So we, you know, God bless them all. God bless the families, and we just um, you know hold you up in prayer and continue to um, uh, you know just just pray, just pray for your healing. But I was taken aback because I did see, I did get a little bit of information. I wanted to check that out before I had gotten on air. So I don't know if you heard about the flight information, that the visibility, which we know because it was foggy, it was really, really bad. And in fact, from what I understand, they had lost contact with the pilot um, and was very concerned about the weather conditions. And from what I understand, the pilot was actually flying almost just 100 feet, which is extremely low, dangerously low. In fact, 100 feet above the ground. Um, and so uh, it, it, was even, it was even said that uh, he was warned that he was just flying too low. And, um, and so subsequently, you know, we know what happened, but um, but there's an article on that, I guess, if you have not um, seen already, and just wait for the rest of the details. So, but again, you know, it's after the fact, because no matter what happens, you can't change what's already happened, so it's about just understanding what and why, and hopefully we learn from it. But our prayers do go out to Vanessa and the rest of the family and friends and everybody affected, and you know something? We need to pray for ourselves because I think when things like this happen, it, we kind of turn, I think, I know for myself, you know, you begin to analyze your life and you try to appreciate it. And I think what happens is these things happen and then we just, okay, we focus on, we need to appreciate our life. We need to call those people that we love. We need to tell them that we love them. And then, you know, two months later, three months later, you know, we're just kind of back into living our life and um, and drifting in our own directions and it, it we have to make a commitment to live on purpose you know and and I think that no matter how you how much we live on and within our purpose that we're not perfect and so we're never really going to cover everything we're never really going to cover all the bases you know we just all we can do is do the best that we can do and, you know, and, and that means sometimes that, you know, we're going to falter, we're going to trip up. There's going to be people that either we struggle to, um, to communicate and engage with, and we always think that we have tomorrow. We always think that we have. So it would be very difficult to, not discouraging to not call <laughs> and make amends with anyone that's out there. I'm not discouraging you about that while at the same time I, I I myself understand the burden to say okay uh you know these things happen so let me go out there and I just want to correct everything there is about uh, my life and things that we need to do but everything is a process you know it's a process and sometimes no matter what we do and how much we're on top of things and how well we take care of whatever we take care of. You know something? We're all here and it's all temporary, you know, and I don't believe for one moment that anyone leaves this planet sooner than what was scheduled. It might be sooner than what we would like, okay, sooner than 
what we may have planned or what we have anticipated, whether for ourselves or someone else. But I still believe that, um, you know, I just have to believe that, uh, that, you know, we leave at our appointed hour just as we are born, born at our appointed time. But, it, but nonetheless, because, you know, um, I just recently lost my brother, and I know that it's a difficult thing. So, you know, nonetheless, uh, we still miss those those individuals. So anyway, um, just wanted to take that time to salute uh, Kobe, Brian, and, um, and his family. And as they say, Mamba forever. Okay, so... Moving along to more, and I'm not going to depress you all night. <laughs> I promise not. Although I, I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling a little bit down. I'm feeling a little, I, you know. I want to be honest. I'm feeling a little bit down because you know that hit hard. Not not because I knew him personally, but because of just the magnitude of it. And th- and 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 there are a lot of things that are. That we're dealing with on such a high magnitude. And so when we even look at these impeachment hearings, and I've been paying attention to them, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing to sit and listen to them, but I, I kind of want to know what's going on with that because it is, there's some serious stuff going on there. You know, there is just some serious stuff going on. Where do we start? You know, where do we start in all of this? And I don't want to get too deep into this because the show this evening, we are talking about black businesses and we're talking about some of the messaging um, and the foundation of some of our businesses. And, And I've run into two or three businesses that are still functioning in a way that was so it was so disheartening. So so when I couple Kobe and I couple the impeachment hearings and then I ran into these two um to uh uh startup business founders and I, I don't know I think I just had an air of <sighs> are we going to learn just are we ever going to learn I have to believe we will but it's um it's 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 challenging as we go through the process but we're not going to be defeated so so yeah, getting back to the um, the impeachment hearings. Uh, the one good thing is that these uh, house managers they are just phenomenal. They are absolutely phenomenal. Um, but that and if you're watching them, and if you're watching them versus watching the. Um, you know, the White House counsel. Now, some people say that the white, uh, I guess the managers have outgunned the White House counsel. And if you look at it on the surface, I would say yes, because the, the these house managers are just phenomenal. But also, I think that these, uh, the, uh, the attorneys, the White House uh, counsel is, is playing a game. You know, and if you watch them, uh, they're playing that game and they know it well and they're playing it well. And it's unfortunate that the house managers have to deal with it. But, you know, they're dealing with it for us. So if you've been paying attention. And I don't know if you caught with Alan, what is it, Dershowitz (laughs) Uh, and his ridiculous um, 
his ridiculous comment about the the president being basically above the law. Basically, he can do whatever he wants to do, and it's not going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be a problem. He can do whatever. If he does it in the name of the fact that he believes it's in the best interest of him being reelected. Have you ever heard of such? If it's in the best interest of him being reelected, it's all well and good. I don't know why he why he why they had him had him there, but you know he did his thing. Um, he did what he was supposed to do. You know, some people are supposed to come in and they're supposed to disrupt, and that's what I think what's going on with that White White House Council. We look at them and say, okay, they're just not to the level of the managers, but but I think they're playing their game and uh, they're playing it well. And I just hope that at the end of the day, when everything is said and done, that these senators have enough um, chutzpah, is what we want to say. (laughs) Haven't used that word in a while. That they have enough to do what's best. And at the end of the day, what is best? You know, what is, is best? If you have John Bolton, who has a book out that's coming out that's specifically saying that he heard uh Trump say these things and we do not call him to testify what is that you know what is that you know when you have a former chief of staff uh John Kelly now I'm not a John Kelly fan no relation plus it's spelled different mine is K E L L E Y but I'm not a fan of his since he you know he made that comment a little bit ago but the fact that he would step up and uh, you know, say and back uh, Bolton's position, you know, I, and he knows how treacherous Trump is. So I give him kudos for that. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll just we'll just see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's still going on. I think they're going to be asking questions until about 10, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock and uh, wrap up, and then we'll see what happens tomorrow, okay? But I think we just need a uh, <laughs> a whole week of prayer, you know, a whole week of prayer to just kind of settle, settle our spirit, um, kind of uh, reduce the stress, you know, because sometimes you don't think that you're stressed, but you, you I know for me, I can just feel this little bit of a, you know, it's, it's that background noise that um, it's not loud enough for it to be um, uh, something that captures your attention, but just loud enough for you to know that it's there. So I'm ready for all of this to be over. I don't know about you. I'm ready for all this to be over. So... We're going to take a break. When we come back, um, we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about last week, a little bit of last week, and you know, last week we did the ten words and um, and word theory. So we're going to touch on that because that actually leads into our topic for the night. Our topic for the night is black businesses and the messaging and the foundation that and and we're talking about startup businesses we're talking about small startup businesses and the mindset and the messaging that these businesses are built on and where they find themselves in the growth scale uh uh to be sustainable and i'll I'll tell you why um with all of the work and um 
and information that um, that that I come across. And as I move and travel and, you know, work with other entities and see what is what you would consider successful. I don't want to say successful because success is, again, that's one of those words that need to be reexamined. Success is really in the eye and the heart of the beholder. But I think that when you have goals and you set your goals and you're reaching those goals, if you're moving toward that, that that is what I would call um, successful. But what does it take to be that, to do that, to live that, to be in that space and to actually begin to see these pieces coming together to make it work? And why do so many of us struggle to get there? And I believe that a big part of it is the messaging and the foundation and the ideas in which we enter these businesses as to how we can actually move through it. So we're going to talk about that, but we're going to touch on first uh, some of the word theory, uh, specifically as it relates to what's going on with this impeachment. I have something that I just would like to share with you, and I'd like to hear your thoughts about it. You know the number, 312-374-8130, 312-374-8130. Uh, join me this evening. We're here till midnight. It's 931. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Okay, we are back on this uh, Thursday. It's the late shift. I'm Inez Kelly. And, um, well, we're not partying just yet. It's still Thursday, so we still have Friday to make it to. But, you know, I know some of you might be partying early. You may be off on the on uh, on Friday, so the weekend starts for you. But either way, we're still here, and we'll be here till midnight. Thank you for joining me here. And um, you know, as I said, this this show, this episode today, I'm really I'm really trying to walk through um, some of this information. So I don't want you to think that you guys, my listeners are guinea pigs, but on on some levels, yes, yeah, some, sometimes I'll throw some things out to you because I'm I'm looking at it, I'm thinking about it. And you know, I think sometimes we think about certain things and certain thoughts come across and you you kind of want to just run it past, throw it out there to see um what it is. Now, you know, a lot of times I will talk to, uh, you know, specialists or someone who is involved in this particular area and they know everything about it. And that's always good. I think that's good to do. But I think a lot of times I just like to talk to, you know, everyday people that may deal with certain things and to get that idea because that's where the bulk of, um, you know, that's where the bulk of, uh, the information comes from in terms of the response. Uh, in fact, when you start talking about uh, individuals who are specialists and you know industry experts and and those kind of folks, um, basically those they come from studying people or situations and circumstances, and then from those studies and from that information, you know, you create a thesis and and then, um, you know, 
what uh, the other one kind of skips my mind. Boy, I, I don't know if I'm firing tonight, so I might be a little bit slow. So I might uh, just have to slow this down even more. So hopefully you'll stay with me. You know, it'll still be good. It's going to be interesting because the topic is interesting. But but I think I'm I think I'm just being very cautious because. When I start talking about things, not so much that I'm not familiar with, I am familiar with it, but I have to be careful of, um, you know, when when you're putting it out there because I want to make sure that it's taken from the space, the space that it's coming from, and also from the spirit that it comes from. So a lot of times we'll talk about things, especially those things when it comes to cultural or ethnic and... uh, uh, those type of things. And, and we can get pretty passionate. (laughs) I'm going to use that word passionate, heated, upset, uh, offended. A few of those words come in there, but for the most part, I think it all boils down to we're passionate about a particular, uh, subject matter. And so for me, one of, one of the things that I'm passionate about is the, um, just the whole social, exchange, a social evolution that we are absolutely, I think we are just in the hot spot throes of it. And everything is, you know, it's been building for a while, uh, but everything is culminating. I think we've walked into a uh, a space in which it's all cum- culminating and we just have to walk into it eyes wide open um, our spirit open, our minds open, because there's a lot of change that's um, that's taking place. That change is taking place on a individual and personal level. Um, it's taking place environmentally. It's taking place in the atmosphere. It's taking place, and the most I think the most um, volatile place is the integration. And the engagement, and I don't mean integration like, you know, blacks being integrated into school. I'm just saying the integration because the world is, um, it's not getting smaller. Basically, we are able to reach our our demographics and our uh, ability to be somewhere, whether that's physically or uh, uh, uh I want to say spiritually, but it's not really spiritually, but either physically or even in the mind, um, you know, it doesn't take much to be there. All you have to do is pull it up on social media uh, or, or on the Internet. Any Anything that you think of, it can be right there. So, so we take in a lot. And sometimes we take in so much stuff that we take it in, but we haven't taken the time to process it. Um, and then... Even in taking the time to process it, because as a society, we have integrated to a place that when we process it, it's not about just processing it how we see it, but it's also processing it, processing it from the place of how we integrated into our relationships, you know? And so that's where the uh you know the the segment the word theory which is every third thursday 
Um, that's where that comes from, being able to take certain things and uh, certain words, certain word phrases, and really begin to look at them to be able to process it so that as we use it and as we move through um, our relationships, that we're able to apply these things so that they become, they work for us and not against us. Okay, a lot of, um, a lot of, confront, a lot of confrontation, a lot of confrontation. So, um, so that's my, that's my passion. So, so the segment word theory is not just, even though it is a segment, but what you're going to find is through the process of all of our shows is, is also being able to, as, um, as those words and as those word phrases and, and the, I don't want to say new definition, definition, but resetting, um, the thought process of those words as they become, um, apparent, those are the same word phrases and words and definitions that will then be used throughout the show and throughout the program and throughout my life, because I, I, I this is all one and the same, uh, you know, to me, this is about not just being here with you on the radio, although I love and enjoy the exchange, the feedback, the thought, I, I enjoy that. It's also about making it a part of my life personally as I uh, move about and and grow. So that this way, hopefully, as I talk to you, I'm talking to you from that experience, not just, um, you know, just putting information out there that... Um, that does doesn't do anybody any good, you know. I hope that you take it and you are able to uh, think about it, and maybe you may not come up with the same thought process um, as I would, but maybe it encourages you to come up with your own thought process about it, and whatever change or adjustment that you make, that it hopefully it serves. Um, serves your purpose because no matter what it is that we're doing, we're either moving into or moving towards entering in or leaving. Okay. And so how do you enter in? How do you exist in that space? And how do you leave the space? And a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, how we think and how we take old attitudes and make them new because there's nothing new under the sun, but I think we make it new. Okay. Um, so yeah, so in talking about uh, la- last week and moving into the topic of uh, today, which will be businesses, startup businesses, black startup businesses, and and what some of the narrative and the verbiage that goes into um, the number one, the percentage of these businesses that succeed, and uh, the ones that do not, what the what I have seen to be the common thread. Now, you may see something else, and if you see something else, we want to hear it, 312-374-8130. But I want to, before we get there, I want to preference it um, with another thought. And so bear with me because this is kind of, I've been working on it for a little bit, and we touched on it, or we tried to touch on it, but, you know, my callers wanted to talk about something else, and we did. But I want to touch on that before we move into the subject matter because I think it's important to um, 
to give this some thought. So I do appreciate your your feedback, okay? 312-374-8130. Your feedback is absolutely welcome. So, um, so we're talking about the impeachment trial, okay? And we're watching and I'm hearing where we are just blown away by the analogy of the White House counsel, you know, by hearing the absurdity of, um, of what has been stated and, uh, and what has been used as a defense for uh, Trump's just flagrant behavior. And we, we all know the phone call and the, you know, the quit pro quo. Uh, we, we, you know, we've heard all of that. But what I submit, and as I'm watching this, it reminds me of, again, this was one of the words of what it, the definition, not the definition, let me not say the definition, of, of it being whiteness, okay? And we were trying to talk about this last week. So the word is whiteness. And I want to say that very respectfully because I'm not talking about white people. I'm not talking about being of um, I'm not saying white ethnicity because we know white is not an ethnicity. It's a um, social construct. So what I believe, and I want your thoughts on it. And again, I'm taking my time because I want to be careful as I'm presenting this and I am presenting it to you um, basically for the first time. And so I, you know, so please pardon my hesitation and, and bear with me. Um, so as we move through it, so for me, it's about whiteness being whatever it takes to maintain a position of superiority. Um, so when we look at the white house council and we look at some of the absurdity, uh, that, these grown professional individuals stand up and before the world, because you know, the world is watching before the world, they propose these preposterous concept as to their defense of this blatant behavior. And they do it seriously without blinking and without hesitation. Um, And I don't know if we really understand that whatever it takes to maintain a uh, position of superiority in whiteness, that is what's right. So we might say that's wrong. And on the scale of a social construct and what we learn in school as to, you know, right and wrong and treat others as you want to be treated and all of those basics like they say that you learn by the time you're in first grade, that does not apply here. That, I, and again, this is, this is what I'm looking at. That does not apply here. What applies here is whatever we need to do, whatever we need to say to make sure that whiteness, which is what America 
has been built on. No matter what needs to happen, that's what we need to say. That's what we need to do. And so for them, in their mind, it's not wrong. It's very right to do to do this. And so any anything that would support that position is what is would be under that same title whiteness. Now, when I say whiteness, again, as I said, I'm not talking about white people. And so one of the things in talking about word theory and the construct of these words is that even for those individuals that we look at and we may say they are white people, they don't necessarily fall under whiteness because whiteness, again, we're talking about an I guess it would be an adjective that would be an adjective. It would not be a noun of calling someone. It's the action of weaponizing white, being white, white skin, weaponizing it to a place where policies and the people who create these policies support an injustice against everyone who is not, okay? So white being weaponized is whiteness, okay? So, So, and whiteness is what is on trial right now. Whiteness is what you are seeing. And this is the best word that I have. I'm going to, again, as I said, this is evolving and we'll, we'll, we'll evolve to a, to another place. But I think this is what explains it best. As I'm looking at these impeachment hearings, as I'm watching what's going on, when I'm seeing the absurdity of what professional, grown uh, individuals, um, you know, highly skilled, uh, highly functional, and with what's coming across as a defense, you ask yourself, ask yourself, if that was a black man on trial, if that was an Asian man on trial, okay, if that was a Latino man on trial, would that same defense work? Would that same absurdity work? And I think we know the answer. The answer is absolutely not. It wouldn't have even gotten this far. But but it would not have gotten this far not because not because that person is black, not because that person may be Latino, not because anything other than white being weaponized against justice. And white being weaponized against justice means that at any cost, whiteness in terms of whiteness, the superiority of whiteness must be upheld. And it doesn't matter what uh, has to be said or what has to be sacrificed. That is the ultimate goal. And so everybody that's white is not in that circle of whiteness. Okay, so this kind of goes back to the ruling class. Okay, so the ruling class those people which are now kind of your one percenters, the ruling class which created this construct of black and white, of being a social and economic construct, is now digging further 
is digging further because the need requires them to dig further to ensure that whiteness is basic whiteness prevails and again let's not confuse whiteness with being white i don't i don't believe they're the same things again you're talking about weaponizing a skin color not because it's a better skin color or not because everyone in there has the power to um, and the authority to operate as that ruling class, but because th- that happens to be people of the same skin color, there's no other choice, that it appears that it's all white. But when you look, you're going to look and you're going to see that Representative Schiff is just as uh, upset, just as um, dismay with what's coming across, uh, just as um, I like the word flabbergast, <laughs> flabbergast at what the White House counsel is doing. So I use this as an example because it would be the same thing. Okay, it would be the same thing if we were to say, okay, tallness. See, so it's not about being white, but it is about whiteness being used as the, the, um, the gauge for who gets in and who doesn't. Okay. So let's take, for instance, if instead of whiteness, we said tall, so tallness. Okay, so tall people get all of the privileges. The world is set up for, very, let's say, very tall people. Not your average tall person, very tall people. The world is set for very tall people. Now, by itself, that's not the same thing. That's why I can't believe just being white is what the advantage is that now that's not to say that you don't have certain advantages just by virtue of being white that comes across, but just being white is not the same thing because again, we're going back to the tall people. But when we begin to weaponize tallness, what we say is that if you're not tall, if you're short or if you're medium height, um, when you show up in court, you're going to get a, 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 a harder sentence. You're not going to be able to live in certain areas. You're not going to be able to do certain things. You're not going to be able to make as much money economically, you know, all of these things. So when we begin to make the laws that, um, that establish and set apart being tall or I don't want to say being just for being tall. If everything is set up for just for being tall, then what we've done is now we've weaponized tallness. Now there will be those tall people who will subscribe to that and take advantage of that. But it's probably the people who have gotten together to said, Oh, we're going to weaponize tallness And these are the people that are in control. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. Does that make sense? So just because white 
you're saying white. That's not the issue. The issue is the the those individuals, not the fact that it the laws have been made, but those individuals that sit back and make those laws is what happens to whiteness being weaponized and what we're looking at when we're looking at the impeachment. And I say this because if you consider the Nixon impeachment, actually he technically wasn't impeached because he he um, resigned before they can uh, fully do um, due diligence. But what happened there? You had individuals that came to him that said, hey, we cannot subscribe to this. You're just going to have to find yourself, you know, out of the presidency. But really, when we look at this impeachment and look at the number of senators that are supporting, they are supporting. So it's not even the fact that these this council is absurd. I'm looking at it saying, why are we even having this discussion? Because it doesn't even make sense that you would get up and before the public and before the world have this as an argument, unless it's something so much deeper. We have Jay on the line. Let's take the call from Jay. Hello. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yes. Can you hear me, Sarah? I, I certainly can. How are you, Jay? Great. Hey, hey, I'm I'm doing great, Miss Kelly. Um, <clears throat> I want to say this. I can tell you are a very intelligent woman, probably with a couple degrees at least. <laughs> <clears throat> I just want to say this, okay. ma'am. You. you said it yourself. It's absurd. Yeah. And I know you're trying to get a grip on this illogical thing that they try right. to put together. Exactly. I, and you call it this whiteness and adjective, uh, adjective or, or not, uh, and, and not as a noun and Right. Ma'am, it's strictly racism. And and, and and the most intelligent among us uh, look into our intellect to try to justify some type mm-hmm. of reason why mm-hmm. they would, intelligent people would do this. You can't. Right. It's, it's clear, right. plain, simple racism. I, I understand you're trying, to, you're trying to make sense of it. You can't. And that, and that and that's true, but this is where the sense come in. But but the the point about making sense is that you have to be willing to sound crazy, okay? So you have. I don't to want be, you to sound crazy. No no no. Listen, I, no listen. I'm not. I'm not you know crazy. If, if you see two people arguing, <laughs> one I'm crazy. You don't know which one is right. crazy. Right. Well, I say this you know? because no, I don't think I'm crazy. I I, I, I know as you're I said, not. Right. But I do believe that if. And I'm doing my best to try and explain it because I've got to really connect the dots here with what's happening. But you really have to sit back and look at what's happening, not what they're saying, but look at the fact this theater that's going on, that these grown men, intelligent, you know, you know, high high dollar attorneys, they are sitting here trying to tell you what you've seen and what you've heard you did not see or hear at all. They are intelligent and they lie right. so well. They do it with a straight face. Right. And you wonder to yourself, somebody with a high school education, how can a person lie like that? Right. Make all these absurd reasons with a straight face. But but you know? add this to it. Add this. They are in the Senate. 
They are yeah. in the belly of our <clears throat> establishment arguing this. They are not around the corner. They're not in a barbershop. This impacts the Constitution. So when we start talking about the foundation of it, so, so what is happening is that the foundation has been um, leveled. The foundation has been leveled, or they see it being leveled. And so, you know, Trump has always wanted to go in and blow up the Constitution, and that's what they're looking to do. And these senators are following lockstep. And this is why it's important to understand when you start talking about whiteness and white people, it's two different things, okay? Because these these senators that are willing to back him are those same um, uh, working class white people that were given the privilege to keep their mouth shut. And we're seeing it again. They're getting a little bit of privilege to keep their mouth shut, to allow the ruling class to come in and again totally disrupt the country. And we're watching it in real time. We're watching this in real time. Okay. So, okay, ma'am. Thank you. But anyway, I, I appreciate I appreciate your point, Jay. Yes, Thank ma'am. you so much. You. you take care. We have Michael on the line. Hi, Michael. Hey, how you doing? Oh, hey, how are you? How are you this evening? All right. Good. Uh, good. Uh, you know, I've heard it said, and I'm probably not quoting it right, but someone once said, if you argue with a fool long enough, you have two fools. <laughs> that's true. And, and that's that's what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way things are, and it, this is on the Democrats. Uh, first of all, I would not have turned those documents over because once Nancy Pelosi did that, she gave away the power. But here's the other thing. We're concentrating on trying to win this battle in the Senate, mm-hmm. outnumbered by Republicans. If we want to hear from these witnesses, and I brought it up before, they can interview those witnesses outside of the Senate. Right. They should have been interviewing because the goal is not to convince the Senate, but to convince the American public. And the American public is not hearing from those witnesses. But see, uh, but see, that's where. But see, Michael's again. Now let's let's just follow because I don't want to get too far into the politics. We do that the first of the week, the first of the month, we, we, okay. the first week. What I'm trying to what I'm trying to extract from what's happening because see, we're we're going to get lost in the weeds if we pay attention to what we're, they're doing. We know exactly what they're doing. But just and I'm looking at the screen now where Senator Lamar Alexander was kind of on the fence, but he's going to uh, vote no on the witnesses. But but no, they're not doing it for the American people. They're doing it for the senators because all they care about is that these senators vote no witnesses, number one, and to it not— It doesn't matter. Right. It but, doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter what the people think. It doesn't matter what the people it think. It doesn't matter because right. they're going to vote in November. We're but that's not the point. November. That's not the point. See, the point. No, Michael, listen. The point is, when they voted vote in November, now unless they vote Trump out, the the short game, okay, the short game. See, these people are playing the short game from point to point. Because if you win enough, so why would they why would they vote him out if they don't hear from the witnesses? Put the witnesses. No, no, no. They're TV. not going to vote him out. They're that's not going to. The right. Democrats need to listen to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The Democrats need to get the witnesses and get them on CNN, MSNBC, the local news, Chicago Sun-Times, and, and so that we can hear from the witnesses. Let's not depend on the Senate to make the decision for the American public. 
and, and, and the witnesses, they, they, they probably won't allow the witnesses. But that doesn't mean that you can't you can make them look so bad and so embarrassed because we are going to hear from the witnesses mm-hmm. if they interview them and broadcast their interviews. They okay, have now, to now, hold on a second. That's true. That's true. All but right. they had them. They already had them in the House. So right now, the Senate is, you know, is, uh, um, you know, the leader here. Some of so them. They're in not, the house. Some right, of them. Right. But the, and just like with all of those that were interviewed, they are Trump officials. And so if. All of those interviews that you already heard that they have not made any impact on the center. Okay, so let's not again, we're talking about two different things. I understand what you're saying. You're talking you're talking about this trial. You're talking about this impeachment. You're talking about the No, no, I'm not talking about the trial. I'm talking about the American public hearing from all of the other witnesses that may or may not be still in the Trump administration Mm -hmm. that know good and doggone well what this president did. Well, the only witness they're looking for is Bolton. Let's listen for a second. Let's say I'm a Trump supporter. Mm -hmm. Now, I done heard three witnesses on CNN. Now I may not be a Trump supporter because I've heard the truth from witnesses. But it, uh, who, what other witness? Lie. What other witness are they looking for except for Bolton? Okay, they've already interviewed all of them. There, there, there's a ton of witnesses. First of all, there had to be a deal between Trump and Ukraine. That that's not just two people. Yeah, but okay, they but but to, but who's the witness somebody. in that? Who is the actual? Give the me a name. The person that set up the phone calls is a witness. The person that works at the White House that operates the phone is a witness that can say, yeah, on such and such a date, these are the dates that the president called. But they have that. that. They have the calls. No, they, they, they don't. No, they have. No, the, listen. The American public doesn't know that. No, they the American, have the calls. I haven't heard. I haven't heard from the operator of the White House. I haven't heard from. But because you're the OK, hold on, Michael, because you're the operator does not mean that you heard the call. Okay, no, you heard the you conversation. Verify, you can verify that on such and such a date, calls were made. Okay. We have, there are things that they could do. The pilot that flew uh, Giuliani back and forth yeah, is but, a witness. But listen, okay, let's just, let's just kind of step back a minute. Okay. Okay, they have the dates of the phone calls, okay? They have Simon, they have uh, Vinman, they have, you know, uh, Holmes, they have all these folks that have verified these conversations, okay? Right. So what they don't have, hold on, hold on, let me finish, okay? What what they don't have is the necessary documents, okay, to back this information up, okay? That's what they They don't don't have. They don't need it. Okay. Put put Pence on the stand. You don't think Mike Pence knows what's been going on? You don't think the chief of staff But this is the point. This is the point, Michael. And he fired his chief of staff, Kelly, Who's right. already said okay, so my, Michael, yes. this is the point. What's happening is exactly what you're talking about is exactly what's happening, but that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, what right. I'm talking about, no, is, listen, no, hold on, hold on, let me okay. finish. All right. All right. What I'm talking about is the very fact that they're able to do this. I'm not even talking about the fact that it's happening. The fact that they are able to do this makes no sense it doesn't I'm make talking sense about the same thing we're talking exactly about the same so thing, so which is which is and my thing is making sure the american public yeah but no 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 we're not talking about the same thing see because you're what you're saying to me 
is you're saying to me that the fact that they are able to do this and making sure the American public, the American public are the white people and they are the black people and they are the working class that the rulers have set in place to argue back and forth just as we are, okay, and losing sight of the fact that they are able to do this. Why are they able to do that? And that's That's where, but that's what I'm talking about. And that's That's where the witnesses come in. But, okay, no, 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 you, you, Michael, you're really missing this point. Listen, listen to me. I think you're missing it. Okay. No, listen, Michael. Okay. I feel you. I understand what you're saying, but I need you to just, just step back a second. I need you to step back to hear what I'm saying to you. Okay. The fact make that it, they make it as simple make it as simple as you can, and then I'll okay. Oh, okay. Let me do this. Let me say this. Okay, Rosa Parks. Just okay, make it real okay, make it real simple. Rosa Parks. Okay, right. that there was a law that not just she, but any black person. But I'm just going to say Rosa Parks because we know the defiance that that she had to sit in the back of the bus. Why was why did she have to sit in the back of the bus? I mean, any black person. Why did you have to sit in the back of the bus? Because the government it was a law so they were able to make us sit in the back of the bus and nobody nobody objected to it that was the law these people are able to say even though this man bolton was his national security advisor and has said to you he did this how come they are able not to bring him in and bring him as a witness. Why is that a law? That's the point that it I'm trying to make. It, and, it's, and he is not able because the Democrats are too stupid to do what I just okay, said. Okay, so now, see, if there was a law. The public, we're trying to force him into the Senate. Okay, and, and, okay. And the Republicans so, ain't going to let him in the Senate. And I hear what you're saying. How so are they you're, able to do it? You're because arguing, you're arguing. You're arguing semantics, and I'm not. What I'm saying to you is that if we don't stop a second, okay, stop a second. My point here is about understanding how white and black were constructed for the benefit of the ruling class. And us going at it like this is exactly why, okay, because they are able to have these senators— that know better, that know better. They're able because Mm -hmm. we are not doing enough. We're not making the right counter moves like this is Exactly, exactly. But we have to understand the... the, mm -hmm, We're trying to play by their rules. We're trying to play by their rules. And I'm saying skip their rules, go to the American public, have those witnesses' statements. But you know what? They're going to vote between Mark tomorrow and the Super Bowl, and they may right. even wait till the Super Bowl right. to announce it, or right. they're going to do it in the dead of night on Friday night. And okay. so it's the, it, we're in, we're, past, we're down to the two-minute warning here. Okay. And so, and I think I have argued as best that I could from my side, and I think you have argued the best that you could. But basically, you're saying they're getting away with murder. That's basically what No, no, saying. no, that's not and what I'm, I'm saying. saying. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that they are the establishment. They which are is doing what? they are the ruling class which is making which the rules which are making which, the rules. Right. They are making the rules. And, and, and how we, are they able to make the rules? Because they are the ruling class. 
can they stay? How can they stay the ruling they class? They stay. They stay the ruling class. They. This. The hold voters. on a second. Hold on. I'm going to answer your question. You. You ask me a question and you answer it. Now I'm getting ready to answer. They stay the ruling class because we keep arguing semantics. And so my point is not is is as we talk about white people and black people. This is why I say that it's a social economic construct designed for us to be at odds. Okay, and while we are at odds with white people, black people, yes, white people get a little more because their skin is white, and so they take it. They are able to take advantage of the thing, but they are just as much victimized in this situation. Now, I know we don't want to hear it because it's in a different way, but until we understand that as working class, that you know we are all in the same boat, and some people are in the front of the boat, you know, but some people are in the back. But we don't have to be. Okay, well let me do this. I have another. I have another call. Michael, keep listening. I know, I know. You could call back I'm in. Good. Let me take. Let me take. Let me take this other call though. But I get what you're saying, Jeff. How are you this evening? Hello. Oh, hey, good, good, good evening, sister. Good evening. Uh, yeah. How are you? Yeah, pretty fair. Just my look of follow Mister uh, St. Louis again. Okay. But, uh, or I should say far left. But anyway, uh, you, you gave this long, again, I'm not complaining, a long uh, uh, textbook thing that I think people have known about, dear sister, for the, since they took the chains off. And even before that, we've known this, these people. Which people? They got a both sides of their mouth. Okay, so wait know, a minute. Pertaining to, pertaining to their best interests. And so what makes today any different? And, and still we, we have to, and, and, and you mentioned this thing about a social construct. There's another lady that says this, but it, to me, it's kind of crazy. How is this a social construct when it worked so well for so long? And here in 2020, we're still dancing according to the way they, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what's, what's different than now than other fact that, yeah, we can, you know, got a few things, but they still run everything. And the only reason this Schmidt, or this guy, that is it, the fact that Shit. there's not really any color involved. These are all white people against white people. Right. And they, they want a certain white mindset to be empowered. That's all. If it was somebody black, then you'll see Trump and that Adam Schmidt, they'd be on the same team. Sister. So what are we we basically just talking? You ain't saying nothing, basically. Well, right? no, I don't I don't believe so. You know, I don't believe so. I, I think we're regurgitating the same thing. And I think that's that's maybe what you're saying. Um but I, I mean, just just to say, for instance, you like, just, like, like, even like now, you just said you just you just said um, if I if I'm correct in what I was hearing, you you just said, you know, so white people, they talk out both sides of the mouth and white people always been white. people, And I'm just paraphrasing. They've always been sure. white people. So I don't know what the difference is. Well, what I'm saying or what I'm submitting um, for consideration is that while, yes, you have people who have white skin, okay, but the, the, the fact that they all have white skin is really the, the, the guise that keeps us, us as those of us not white, always in this churning pot of, of, of position that we never seem to move from. And what I'm saying is that part of that reason... Okay, hold on. Part of that reason is that you have a ruling class that happens to be white, or I should say ruling class that is white, and then you have a working class that happens to be white. 
And so we're lumping them all together. And in some cases, yeah, you're going to know some white people. Yeah, they're dogs. They're this, they're that. Just like there's black people. They're dogs. They're this, they're that. But, but in general, don't run nothing, dear sister. Yeah, but listen, that doesn't matter. The black fact, people want to hug up with them, so we can turn no, on the TV and you can all see that. No, okay. Well, and let's get back. Right okay, so I'm gonna. Uh, okay, so no, that's not. That's not where I'm going. That's that. That's uh-huh. not. It's it. Uh, as I said, I'm gonna continue to pose this because it's. As for me, in its infancy, even though it's something that I've considered, but really just putting it out there that we need to I think we need to grasp hold of this It's it's not you're going to always have that ruling class, that ruling class of one percenters. Do you think that Trump for the people that support him have much love for those people that they're white? No, he's using them just like he uses everybody else. And because they think they think. And they're more easily fooled and influenced because of them being white and he's white. And so they themselves are victims in their own right. But they're victims who get to eat ice cream cake and party all night. So, hey, yes, it's, yes. yeah, and also, right. And can I just say one thing? And yeah. also, the, and, and the police don't. Exactly. So they don't. So they. And, don't, and, they, so they pol- hired, and they still get hired. But they're they just as bad. As fast as we do, sister. So what, what's the difference then, right, in the end? Right. But the, in the end, it's about how <laughs> we think. Okay, it's about then how we understand it, but not from the place of, you know, with what uh, what I feel like what you're saying, not from that place, but from a place of a knowing and then uh, being able to rise above that. Okay, and that's what I'm talking about, because what happens is if we hold on, if we keep regurgitating that narrative, you're only going to get what you're throwing out okay that's all you're ever going to have so at some point at some point at some point you're going to have to say okay you know here's here's a problem okay and the problem is that whatever your vision is and however you see this it's always from the place of the underdog and not the underdog from the fighter the underdog but the underdog the downtrodden the oppressed the Un, uh, what did I say uh, last week? Un, un, undeserved, you know, underserved. These are the words that we use, and it's no wonder that there's a problem in us moving past this because if you keep identifying yourself as such, it's very difficult to move from there. But if you can't yeah. see what's happening, okay, and how we're being pit against each other. We're being pit against who? The working class whites and the working class blacks are pit against each other. Oh, it's been going on. It's been going on for a while. It's been going on. It's been going on. But that doesn't mean that you don't change it. See, what you're trying to say to me is that because it's been going on, we just need to keep going on. No, sometimes you might have to just, hey, we got to stop, get off this bus. True. true. Okay. And so, but, but you begin to get off the bus when you begin to see What's going on? And I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not saying to turn around and, oh, okay, let's just all go out and just kumbaya, you know, uh, uh, so can I say that, that sort of thing. thing? Yes. Did, didn't we tend to get off that? Didn't we tend to do better, though, before we were, like, integrated, though? Because we they had to be our own bus drivers, our own bakeries, our own everything, oh, Okay, right? but let me say so, this. So, so, now, so now, so all we did now is put ourselves really under their, 
you know, over, you know, they're over, are, there are overseers again in the working. But place. let me and ask also, you a what question. Group of white people, what group of white people are going to step out of that luxury zone to see about us? Okay, so let me, a, let me let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Okay, so back in the day when you said we was doing better, okay, and we had our own what? We had our own business, our own houses. Where do we get them hey. from? Where do we get them from? Where'd you get a? Where'd you open a? Where'd you open a? Uh, where'd you buy the land from? You know. Well, well, some. Where'd well, you get well, the supplies I, I, from? Some black folks had more land back then. No, 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 no. But but, but where more. did they come from? But where did it come from? Where did What's, it come from? I guess it's the land. Slave. <laughs> no, no. It still came from the 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 ruling class. It still came from the landowners because back then, if you bought like I used to be in a mortgage business, and and I can remember years ago seeing a liens that said could not be sold to a black person with land transfers. So even oh, yeah. then, even then, that's what you, redlining you, was redlining all that stuff. Was, absolutely. Yeah. So way. so we were under the illusion that we were so much better. That that was an illusion. And so it's like anything else. If you only have um, if you only have a, a one choice. OK, you get you take that choice and you make it work. OK, we're in a different yeah. time. This is a different time. There's options. There's multiple options. You've got choices. You know, we come in all not just all shades and colors, but we come in terms of ethnicity from so many different directions. It's hard to even say what is african-american which is a whole nother thing then why American. do we still seem excluded and then why are we having this conversation if this that means this, if, if we're coming from all these different shades and we're being absorbed what i'm saying we, is that the lesson because we keep thinking that the lesson is about black people and it's not oh. the lesson is not about black people the lesson that i believe that needs to be learned is white people and mm. and the, and the whiteness that exists that creates the uh, the separation and creates the confusion. And so when yeah. we begin to take and lift that burden off of us in being black and how come this and how come that, we already know how come that, okay? Now the the answer is, or I believe that the direction is on resetting our thinking the words that we use for ourselves, how we use those words for ourselves and move through that. Okay. And so I wanted to get to that because there was that. Like, so, 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 just one, one mm-hmm. quick statement. But see, isn't that the same thing that South Africa did? It was just the white set this, uh, it was really called okay. a different, um, Okay, that's not what you I'm talking you, about. You, that's what I'm talking about. See, what we yeah, have to so do, we have to get away. White We've, said it all over the world. White okay. people said it. That may be true, but. The reality is that it has nothing to do with what white people say. It has everything to do with how what you say to yourself. What do you say to yourself? Okay. You know what I'm saying? What do you say to yourself? What are the well, words that takes, you say to yourself? Just a couple of us, then. We got to get on the same page. We, we are not. That, we're all fractioned. That's true, but it has to start. You have to start. You have to start first. What are the words that you are saying to yourself? Okay. True. true. All right. And so when you begin to change those words that you speak to yourself in those quiet spaces, you begin to change you. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you. you. Continue listening. Thank you. All right. 
Okay, so you are listening to The Late Shift. This is Inez Kelly. It's so good to um, to be here with you this Thursday night. And I, I enjoy the callers, and I know we get kind of heated and going through it, but, you know, and, and some of my callers are just really regular callers. I, I love hearing from you, what you're thinking, and you help me to shape some of, you know, some of my thoughts. I love the way you add to uh, the conversation. Um, so, you know, keep keep listening. Um, this is uh, The Late Shift. I'm Inez on WVON 1690 AM, Berwyn, Chicago. And I can officially think, I think I can officially say I'm a Chicagoan. Is that what it is, uh, Papa Smurf? <laughs> well, I don't know if there's a number of years that you have to be here, but it's three going on. Yeah, officially three. Okay. So, okay. So it's all good. Now, I'm loving Chicago, and I definitely love love the listeners. Okay, Mr. Coleman is on the line. I keep saying, I, I, I don't know whether his first name is Coleman or his last name is Coleman. So, Coleman, is that okay? Oh, that's that's okay. All right, good. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. I know you have a lot to say, so let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have a lot to say, but I just wanted to just, you know, uh, put out there that that I don't think that race is necessary, not race, but color is necessarily the issue. Mm-hmm. I think you threw out white privilege. Right. And for me, I don't think that they would call it white privilege. Okay. I don't even think they even know what to call it, to be <laughs> honest with you. Because they're so used to having it that they didn't think it was. It was like, this is just how we, this is who we are. Again, that's the absolutely. whiteness. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I I do think that what we're witnessing, and I think we should really take out pen and paper and pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. What we're witnessing is what could be called race mind. Okay. And so, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and in that sense, you know, it is the process of, of a, 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 a nation that do things as a nation, not necessarily race, because, I mean, color, that's something that, you know, they feel like it's, you know, important for us, but it's not. We mm-hmm. we take color, and it kind of trips us up. But for them, this is about race and how they view power. Right. And so do you think in that when you say power and when you say they, are you saying they as in white? people who have white skin or is there... no, no 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 you still see see you still talking about white skin that's why i'm trying to i, I that's why i, I was know, asking I a question i wanted you to clarify that mm-hmm. no i'm not talking about color i'm okay. talking about a mindset right that a group that a that a people have that we don't have their mindset is, for the most part, about their, uh, you know, their nation. And their nation is European nation. 
do you and think so that's you, where they come from right it's not about color mm-hmm. i was talking with a with a with a gentleman from the middle east and i you know not to get off too much from the from the subject mm-hmm. but i asked him i said about his nation i say so it, you know we have this this uh we have this uh in common we have british people mm-hmm. in our people in our nation and you having problems in your country with british do you think it's race i mean do you think it's color and he said no it's not color and I thought that that was interesting because in our race, you know, it's a lot more than just color, but it's it's the fact that in his race, it was not color. But we're still having the same problems right. with the same group of people. So I'm just saying to keep it simple, what, what, what I think that we're looking at in terms of impeachment we're looking at the same group of people mm-hmm. who will never use color mm-hmm. to get anything that they want. Mm-hmm. But they will use everything else to get what they want. And this, for them, is about their ability to use their race and 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 that, and the and what whatever comes out of that that training to get what they want. Just imagine if we mm-hmm. were able. I'm a, I'm gonna use color for just a quick second. Okay. As blacks. Okay. To use our race. Okay. And say we're going to deny people of another color to have witnesses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine a lot of stuff would stop happening if well, we were able to call the shots in that sense? Well, do you mean that it would stop happening because the powers that be would put a stop to it? Because I think if you're switching up, if you're if if you know, if we're, you know, changing places, then as blacks, you would then have that same power to uh, negate anything that came against you so they would not then have the power to stop you. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I get what you're saying and I really appreciate um, your comment because it it put some clarity on that also. So the thing is that what we're looking at here, and you said this and just hoping to kind of follow along here, um, that we're watching this impeachment and if we if we don't really take a look at what's happening to help us to identify ourselves in here. Like we might look at it and say, you know, this is about white people. This is white people's fight. Not trying to deal with that. But it's, but it's not. It's not about white. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's That's what I'm saying. Thank you so much. That's my point that it's not a color. And so, but we, what we get is we get blinded by the white. Okay, and because we see white, we're saying it's all the same thing, but it's not. This is a clear and present example 
you know, as I was watching it, especially yesterday and today, I was watching it and I'm saying with all of the things that I've read about, I think I've always uh, mentioned about how white people were made and just different things to distinguish between what is those individuals with white skin and then white people and the ruling class. And this impeachment really sums it up. If you're not watching, you're not going to see that, first of all, Trump is definitely not of the ruling class but entered into the ruling class because of his wealth. But McConnell is part of that ruling class. The senators are all part of that working class, that construct that protects the ruling class so that they can get away with what they do. And if you don't watch these people and the players and what's going on, that's why we're we're seeing what we're seeing, the ridiculousness of the White House counsel able to put on a defense that is absurd and the senators are receiving it. They're listening to it. Here's a here's another here's a one quick question for you mm-hmm. about it, this thing in this uh, in this impeachment. Okay. Have you heard anything from President Trump's team using scriptures to get this president? out of the uh, problems that he's having. I mean, Mark Rubio texts some stuff, but I haven't seen no, his counsel, not that I re- can recall. Have you seen, another question, have you seen any shabbery trying to get President Trump out of this situation? For example, you remember when Obama was giving a speech and someone jumped up? And say you liar. That's Joe Wilson, who now is trying to run for president, and he apologized. He just apologized um, a few months back here, but that was Joe Wilson, and Joe Wilson has—he's apologized and he's running uh, on the Republican ticket because he wants Trump out of office. So yes. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I would want to know is: Do you see any? democracy processes going on no. within this impeachment hearing not not from the um you know not from the white house council so the struggle is that you know the democrats are adhering to the rule of law but it's very difficult when you're adhering to the rule of law and you're fighting someone who has no rules you know there are no rules and so, and not only that, if your audience see um, for the, the not the last caller, but uh, uh, my first caller, you know, the thing is that they're not talking to the American people because the American people are the working class. We are the people that work and keep keep moving through the process to keep these people in position. They're not talking to us. They are talking to the senators because the short game is just to vote Trump to make sure that he is not voted out, okay? Because by him being impeached and removed means that he will not be on the ticket for this election coming up. And so no matter what, they have to make sure that he's on the ticket because, again, he's not the ruling class, but he's been installed, and the ruling class is behind him pushing and creating these 
laws and everything else. Yeah, the economy is doing well. The economy is doing well because he's removed all the restrictions and he's put money into these corporations. And of course, they're doing well, but the working class is not doing well. Okay, and so we need to understand that. Anyway, the music is playing behind me, uh, Coleman. Okay. I, I, I appreciate it. You know, keep keep listening. We're we're, we're gonna you. we're gonna figure this out, and I appreciate your help. We're oh. gonna, we're, okay. Thank you so much. All right, all right. So this is the Late Shift. I'm Inez Kelly. You listen to WVON, and we're gonna take a break, and we will be back real soon. This subject is a little tough, and we're kind of just making our way through it, but it has uh, such validity when we look at what's happening before us, and then we also look at what we struggle, what we continue to struggle with. Um, And that was just some smooth music, that smooth groove behind us. I'm not sure who it was, but it was sounding pretty nice. All right, you could have kept that going. But... uh, um, yeah, so uh, so we're talking about, oh, you coming back with it? <laughs> okay. We're talking about um, whiteness. And it's so funny because I'm looking at the screen and it's Senator Alex- uh, uh, Alexander. He's voting no on witnesses. And we're so busy talking about whiteness. It looked like it said whiteness. And I'm saying, are you serious? But anyway, I need to make sure I read it correctly no on witnesses and so i'm not trying to get into the weeds with the impeachment you know we'll talk about that uh next week what i was looking at is the whole structure of this impeachment and when i'm looking at the players and I'm looking at the arguments and I'm looking at the House managers and the White House counsel, okay? And then the senators, okay? So you got the sen- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, you have the senators uh, who really... Is, is the audience. And so we think that we play a part in this. Now, I'm not saying that some of these senators don't go to their state and they are um, bombarded with phone calls that say, hey, you know, we need to make sure that they're witnesses. But when the powers that be step in and say, look, this is what we're going to do, that it really takes a uh, uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington type person uh, that's going to stand up in spite of what would be known as the repercussion to stand against what's happening. And so I'm not talking about the impeachment because that is a whole other conversation. I'm talking about the the uh, construct of all of the players and watching what's happening and applying what we have seen through history. And 
what we are seeing is, again, the ruling class showing itself. See, we saw glimpses of it, you know, when um, Obama was president. We saw some glimpses there. We saw McConnell, you know, not even give an interview to um, to his selection of um, the Supreme Court selection. But we're seeing it, we are seeing it in just, and I wouldn't even say that this is just full force because I'm sure it can be even more intense. But we're really seeing a, a glimpse of, or I should say a wide lens, of the powers that be working the system. And if we don't understand that, then when we start talking about, because the idea was also to then, okay, backtrack and then let's talk about when we start talking about some of the things that need to be done as a group to do better economically and trying to move through this system. If, if you can't understand the system, then we will always have a problem moving through the system to find ourselves in a, in a, in a better and a more, uh, uh, an improved position economically. Okay. So we keep fighting the same way because we're not looking at really where the problem is. And, you know, there's been a sleight of hand, and so we stay focused and we, you know, we go laser focused into what we're seeing on the surface, but that's not at all what's happening. That's only what we're seeing. And so, again... I don't believe for one minute that Trump is a part of the ruling class by virtue of his father making money and, uh, and you know, some of the wealth that he has uh, attached himself to and positioning him is he's in the room. But the powers that be are behind that, pushing that. And that's why you can get these people who are still supporting him, even though they know it's wrong. They know it's wrong, but they're not going to vote. I don't believe, I don't believe, you know, unless, again, Bolton decides to stand up, you know, before they vote and just, you know, do a press conference or something like that, unless someone gets bold to a place where it's just out in the open, unconstrained, uh, then it's just going to kind of follow party line and we will come to the end and uh, Trump will be, um, I wouldn't say exonerated, but uh, uh, he will not be held liable for the impeachment. He will always be impeached. That does not change anything. Um, He will always be impeached. But if more importantly than the impeachment itself, because, you know, I'm one that I would absolutely like to see uh, justice be served. But, you know, we think in terms of just justice being served by him being impeached, removed from office. And OK, great. Now we can go back to being who we are, who we were. But that may not be justice being served because we just don't know all of the pieces and the components that make this up. So in reality, it may be uh, that he stays in office 
you know, and this thing plays out to however it will play itself out. But regardless to what happens, one way or the other, we still, and by we, I'm saying collectively, all of us, we still have to function and and survive and build businesses and have families and do what we can do until we can't do it anymore. Because that's what's required of us. You know, what's the alternative? Okay, so again, let's not get lost in the impeachment proceedings itself. While, yes, that's going on and why it's going on, it has its own reasons. Let's look at the construct of people and why it is that this man clearly has done what he's been charged with. But there's a team of people who are, um, you know, who are clearly uh, setting up his defense. And there's another set of people who are going along with it. Why is that? 312-374-8133. Why is that? And so what does it mean to us when we now apply that to what do we need to do? And how do we move past? How do we move past ourselves? And when you understand the game that's being played, and the game that's being played is that whiteness is uh, white skin being weaponized for the purpose, okay, for the sole purpose to create the dissension so that it keeps us occupied with skin color while the ruling class just continues to rule. And as long as we be, as long as there's a us against them, when it comes, when you're talking about white versus black, as long as that's the case, we will always be in this position. And the reason why I believe that is because by virtue of the black-white construct, black being not an ethnicity, so I don't take insult to saying that as black, the meaning and the baggage behind black is lack, insufficiency, oppression, uh, underserved, uh, minority, um, all of these, all of these negative connotations is what's attached to that. And as long as we accept that, and as long as we continue to separate ourselves from the complete masses, I, I believe we will continue to struggle to walk through that uh, collectively. So, okay, so that's the bad news. So what's What's the good news? Is there good news? There's got to be some good news. <laughs> what do you think? There's got to be some good news. So the good news is that, you know, I always uh, had a mantra that if you can figure out and you can, and if you can verbalize or put verbiage to the issue, you can begin to solve it. Because it's only when you can't figure it out and you cannot articulate it 
do you continue to have a problem and struggle walking through it? And that's not to say that it's not going to be easy. So what's, what's the solution? So I was saying at the beginning of the show that one of the things, in, you know, d- despite the Kobe situation, despite the, um, the impeachment hearings that this week has just been a long, feels like a long week with a lot happening. And um, added to that, is running into several startups, several small businesses, and hearing the same um, narrative about the inability to grow and develop the business. And the answer is always because, you know, white people did this and white people did that, and I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that, and so that seems to be the problem. Again, and that's the danger of not really seeing through the narrative. So, for example, this was this was something that happened earlier this week. There was a discussion about um, black people needing their own. We've already we've heard that black people needing their own. And one of the biggest issues is, of course, the hair business. And so in the hair business, it's this is the conversation that, you know, other ethnicities have come along and are telling black people um, how to take care of their own hair and basically running the business, uh, uh, not having any beauty supply stores. Asians have all of the beauty supply stores. They have all the business and, and they are basically in control of black hair. Well, I know we've all, all heard that. And that seems like it's a legitimate gripe. Okay, on the surface, because if you go into most beauty supply stores, there are very few that I've actually walked into and it was black owned. Very, very few. But they are few and far between. For the most part, we know Asians have uh, taken over that industry, black hair care industry. But let's just step back and look at that for a second. The Black hair industry is what a nine billion dollar industry with with uh in terms of ownership it's almost non existent but how many black women wear their own hair? This is just a question this is not to condemn anyone. The hair you wear is Asian hair, so it would go to say that. Asians are only taking care of their own hair that you got in your head. So they would be the best person to tell you the products to use to take care of their hair that you sew into your head. Okay. And so um, a few years ago, I had a, a, a project in which I was working with a client, which was a um, a natural hair product, and and he wanted to test it out in some of the salons. And in going to these salons and talking to the stylist, if that stylist was under thirty five, they had no idea how to take care of natural hair. 
we actually went in, did classes on how to take care of natural hair. Because for the most part, the only thing they ever did was shampoo it, condition it, braid it up, and sew a weave in. So they had no idea how to take care of natural hair, style natural hair, the products that needed to go in natural hair. The products that are on the shelf are not products for black hair. They are products for weaved hair, which is not your hair. That's Asian people hair. So why would Asian people not get in the business and they're selling you their hair? I don't know. Help me out. Help me out. 312-374-8130. I'm listening. You know, talk to me. It's their hair. Even the kinky stuff is their hair. And so those products on the shelf are designed to take care of weave hair. Now, we are seeing a... uh, 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 you know, a uh, larger shelf area for actual natural hair. But guess what? Because the time we spent complaining about Asians having taken over this industry is the time that we might have needed to use to create natural hair products and move the market toward back toward natural hair. So now L'Oreal and all of the other major hair care products create ethnic, and that's what they call it, ethnic hair care. Now you have a few, you know, there's a few out there that, um, you know, that, that are black owned and they have a small share of the market. But for the most part, even when it comes to the natural hair care, um, you you are going to find that they are the larger um, companies, okay? Now, I've worn my hair natural for I I can't even I cannot even remember um, perming my hair or weave or anything like that. That was just a conscious decision that I made as a personal thing. So this is not to say or to say one is better than the other because sometimes it's good. You know, people wear wigs and all of the things that they do for their own reason. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the business end of stuff. Okay. So let's, let's make sure that we stay there. Okay. So I have, um, personally just worn my hair natural for that reason, because I saw what was going on. So sometimes you have to take a stand against, okay, that, so I'm not going to, support that and that means that I've got to step back and I've got to step um I've got to step out of that and and then there's a sacrifice and the sacrifice is that no you're not gonna I gotta I gotta comb my hair every day I can't you know set it up and and do certain things that sometimes when you have braids and all of the other things that give you those conveniences you know although I just pull it back so that I guess that makes it real convenient by by itself so I'm not gonna lie that that that's pretty convenient. Okay. So we're talking about looking at a business model and understanding what has happened within that business model 
And when you understand what has happened in the business model, then I think you have a better understanding of how to uh, approach it and then to find the solutions that put you back in to the business model, okay, to be a part of it. So it sounds like the music is gone. We're going to take a break. We'll come back, and um, we're going we're gonna to talk some more. We're going to talk some more because a lot of times some of it is just looking at things for really the way that it is and then actually being able to create the solutions to move through it. Okay, so this is The Late Shift on WVON. Thank you for listening. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. I want you okay, we are back. This is The Late Shift. Uh, my name is Kelly. Thank you for hanging around. I want you around. Hang till midnight and thereafter because we have the B-side with uh, Papa Snurk till 6 a.m. That was Snow Allegra. Snow Allegra. Pretty. It's a pretty name. And a nice beat. So we were talking before the break. I wanted to also add to that. And I just was using the hair business as an example. But that, you know, we can kind of apply that as we start talking about um, uh, businesses and developing businesses. And I think that, especially as a startup, as a small business stepping on the um, on the playing field, it's, it's a struggle. I think any business really is a struggle. Um, it's even more so when you're a small business, an entrepreneur, and you are coming into an industry where, uh, you know, uh, it's existed and you're trying to make your mark. I think it is extremely important uh, the message that you're building your um, you know that message that uh, motivates you to step out there what are you building that business on what is the information and I think if you can uh, dissect the you know what's uh, the narrative in your industry uh, to be able to find your way to a place of um, sustainability because that's what counts. You have to be sustainable in order to be successful. And so I wanted to add to the comment about, you know, black hair care and first and foremost understanding that we have watched the black hair care business actually turn into Asian hair because that's what it is. You know, whether you want to accept it or not, um, if you're wearing, whether it's the braids, whether it's the weave, whether no matter what it is, you, you, you're talking about hair. And now we could come from almost anywhere. And all we know is that it's not our hair. And so to understand how to take care of it, you know, means the people who sell it, you know, provide it, they become the specialists and we become the consumer. I also mentioned about um, working with a client with the product, and you know, one of the things that we uh, did was to go out to the um, to the salons, these black salons, to promote the product. And um, uh, you know, I mentioned that anyone under thirty five had no clue. Okay, no clue how to do natural hair. 
the complaint was it took too long, it took too much to maintain by the time you have to blow it out and and press it out and you know things have come a little a little ways, but still the process is still the same. So one of the reasons why they didn't want to invest in doing it because they had to spend more time uh, on the hair and they had to charge more and they didn't make as much. You go in and shoot five six hundred bucks for a weave and braid, so you can make so much more doing that. And so, you know, folks have made money at it, but you turn around and you look up and you just you just sold your whole industry um, for a few dollars. This is another thing that I wanted to say, that during that time, this is before the um, my working with the client that had the product, when just me personally would go to a salon if I wanted to get my hair done. Honestly, I've had three different white hairstylists that did my hair better than going to a black person styling my hair because number one didn't have respect for black hair because my hair is not straight straight you know I think I have a decent texture um so you know folks just want to take a comb and just run it right through and you know press it so hard that you your hair is frying (laughs) you know you smell your hair burning and that that kind of thing and so uh attention to detail and understanding our craft and you know giving good service all of those things are a part of why maybe just maybe when we start talking about doing business and having a business and again this is I'm talking about the hair industry but we can kind of apply this to any business when you start talking about doing your due diligence um, knowing the industry um, uh, making sure that uh, you know what you bring to the table has um, has value Um, all of those things that we have to understand goes with doing good business not just because you're black okay because you're black i should come and spend my money no okay okay because you good good you give good service you you know i i like the product i like the service i like the um you know um i can appreciate the work and the um the work ethic those kind of things so when we begin to focus more on that and that being what we go on when we step into uh, doing business, I, I think we would fare better rather than just depending on the fact that we're black and because we're black, then one should spend their hard-earned money with us. We, too, have to do the due diligence to be able to make sure that we are worthy of the consumer that walks through the door. And so, and so, yes, out of the times that I've actually had uh, my hair done personally, they were white stylists that actually did my hair and did a fantastic job. And they knew my hair. They knew my hair. And that's what I was impressed with. And when I sat in that chair to get my hair done, you know what I wanted? I wanted my hair done, okay? And I wanted you to make sure that you took care of my hair, okay? And uh, and it was styled in the way that I wanted it done because I'm the client. I'm paying you. This is how I want it done. 
Okay. And that's what I received. And I can honestly say that the times that I went somewhere else, I was not at all happy with the service. Not at all. Not at all. And so I don't say that with everyone, but what I am saying is that these are the real experiences when it comes to doing business and understanding that doing business is more than just doing business because you're black. And so because I'm black, I think that this should, um, that, that I'm black, you're black, so you need to come and support me. No, I come and support you because you do good business. And then when you do good business and you are black, that's like a bonus. You know, that's, that's the bonus. And when we begin to shoot for that, I think that we may, we may, we just may see a little bit of turnabout. Again, am I being naive to understand that, that there are um, prejudices and, um, and racist ideas and ideals that will definitely come against you? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think we deal with that on many levels. Again, I was talking to you about um, having been in the mortgage business. I can remember in the mortgage business that if you were uh, a woman and you were under 30 buying a house, they would not count certain of your income because they figured that you'd be pregnant and, um, uh, you know, you would be without a job or reduced income. I can re- I can remember that. I don't want to tell my age, but I can remember that actually being, especially married. If you were married, they'd only count the husband's income if you was only 30, even though you were a working person, you know, earning your own money, your own career. So, you know, there are prejudices and there are... Um, you know, um, hurdles for, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, and hopefully we won't get to that, the, you know, tallness. <laughs> I think I used that example, you know, a tallness tax, or I guess the tax would be on short people because the tall people would be the ones that would be accepted and everyone else would just have to pay tax. Um, so I say that to say, uh, so I, I'm, I'm speaking at an event and, um, one of the questions that I had asked was asking if um, how many had a, a a business plan, and um, now this one didn't happen this week. This happened um, a few months ago. So, how many had a business plan? And out of the hundred and something people that were there, one person raised their hand who had a business plan. And guess who she was? She was white. <laughs> I just wanted to step down from the stage. <laughs> I just wanted, I'm done, you know. So this is the thing. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because, well, I'm not really laughing. I'm just kind of releasing the, the pressure. Um, because... It, you know, going into business is, is rough, it's hard. You know, it is, it is not an easy choice, but it's commendable. And so I think that it's great, you know, I think it's great to have the mindset to say, hey, this is what I want to do and I'm going to take this on, I'm going to move in it. That's great. That's fantastic. 
But what we have to also do is we have to also do the due diligence that allows us to structurally put in place a plan because outside of the product that we create or the service that we offer, there's the business that has to be done behind the scene in order to be sustainable. And so sometimes when we're going out there and we're mixing and we're moving and we're shaking and we're seeing, okay, this is not happening for us, but it's happening for them. We have to ask ourselves, what are we doing? I mean, do we have these pieces in place? Okay. So here's another one. Um, We've heard about, you know, the black dollar. Black dollar only stays in our community for six days. Is it six days or six hours or something, you know, some another absurdity okay well okay let's let's look at that again these are all i think these are all valid uh uh comments and i think at some point in time they were relevant okay but i think we're kind of still using these and they are so off the mark without um um context and that becomes problematic because when we say it and when it's being preached, and this is this is what the struggle was for me being in a environment where this was being um, um, hailed as a reason for doing certain things. Um, it just really just, I don't know, it just does something to me because I think that I'm absolutely a supporter of small business. I'm absolutely a supporter of small business, especially black business, because I I understand what it means to be black, to step out, to not possibly have the backing, maybe not even have the support, but have a dream, have a vision and want to put it together. And it still can be done even without those things can be done if you take the necessary steps and if you move from the proper narrative okay so uh the black dollar only being in the community for six hours well when you talk about that community go into that community so that community oh the black dollar only stays for six hours in a community well go to that community and when you go to the community walk down a few blocks and tell me what you see what businesses are in there? You can only buy so much. Okay, now I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but we're talking about some of the communities that they're talking about. Only but so much liquor you're going to buy. Okay? Only but so much shea butter you're going to buy. Only but so much T-shirts with the latest slogans you're going to buy. Okay? So, of course, that money's going in. And it's going out because most of those businesses are lifestyle businesses, which means every dime they take in, they're living off of that business. So when you come in and spend your money with me, okay, and you bought some shea butter and some lotion and a few other things, when I get that money, I'm go- I got to go pay my light bill. <laughs> so now that money goes from being a black dollar to being people's gas dollar. And that's the reality. First of all, there's not enough diversity in certain communities with different businesses 
to ensure that that dollar travels through that business. So it's not like you come and spend your money with me and then two doors down, I've got a black-owned dealership that I'm going to go over there and spend my money and buy a car, or I'm going to go over here and I'm going to spend my money, you know, buying some electrical equipment, okay, another black-owned business over there, and then, okay, you spend your money with me, now I'm going to take it and I'm going to go and buy myself, you know, some, I don't know what, some some shoes. I mean, because even if I buy shoes, it's probably Payless over there, so now you're getting your shoes from Payless, I'm talking about these communities that we're talking about, that the dollar only stays for six six hours. This is why. And basically, is that really a bad thing? It's not a bad thing when you talk about the construct of that particular community. That particular community is surviving. At least something's coming through. It'd be terrible if nothing was coming through. It's coming through. Now you just have to figure out how do you plug the hole to keep it from traveling out? Then maybe we just need some better businesses. Everybody, I always say, everybody just can't sell shea butter. Sometimes we just need a different kind of business in a particular community in order to keep that dollar circulating within that community. So, yes, the danger in these old adages is that on one level, yes, absolutely, it's true. Because the dollar um, will only sit in that community for six, six hours, as they say. But the reality is, first of all, the dollar is coming in. So let's switch our thinking. The dollar is coming in. How can we keep it there longer? Okay, so maybe go into that business and 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 have a different kind of business. But if you go in there and you open another hair salon that you buy in Asian people hair and Asian people products, and now you're making money off of putting these this the weave in black folks' hair, and now black folks paying three four hundred bucks for a weave. Okay, so we have to look at what we are doing to ourselves. Okay, this is not what anyone is doing to us. This is what we are doing to ourselves. And we have to be willing to um, look at the truth about ourselves. And the worst part is the liquor stores that are in the corner. Those aren't even our stores. So it's circulating even faster when that stuff is um, uh, going to certain stores. A black dollar. Okay. And... Just to add to that, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, Papa Smurf. He's always working behind the scene for me. Um, the lifespan of a dollar in the Asian community, 28 days. Jewish community, nine day, 19 days. The black community, six hours. Okay? But, man, folks will spew that 
hey, black community, it's only six hours, it's only six hours. This is what they're doing to us. No, they're not doing nothing to us. No, no, they're not. Asian community, 28 days. I was, I went to Chinatown looking for, uh, in fact, I was, uh, had gone with my brother before his before he passed rest in peace and we were looking for some tea and we was looking for something else and we went to one store and she didn't have it asian lady but she said go down to so-and-so so-and-so which is a few blocks down go down to so-and-so he's got it and we walked down about five or six doors down went in the store to get this item which he had who comes walking in a few minutes later she comes walking in behind him that's his wife. So she has one store down on one end. He's got a store on the other end. And what you don't find in one, she's got what she, she doesn't have. And they set each other back. And, and so the dollar stays in there because the, the varying degrees of product and service that they have will allow you to spend some money in her store and go to his store and spend some more money because they have different products. They have different items, so you can go into those communities and you can buy several different things. Everybody's not selling shea butter. Same thing in the Jewish communities. So the fix on the time frame for the dollar circulating in the black community is not to point the finger at white folks. Okay, it's about being creative enough to branch out into businesses that you know as a society people need. And let's take that a a step even further. See, because we have it in our head that, you know, it's all about us. Black people support black people. This business, we're getting this business together. It's just going to be black people. It's black people. It's black people. It's black people. This way you need to play a song. I'm black. I'm black. (laughs) Not really. I just said that. I just reminded. (laughs) I just remembered that song. It's too funny. But the thing is that there is just not enough money in the black communities to survive on just black people. And let me take it another step further. Asian people. Okay. Asian people do not just, okay, business for Asian people. It's just about Asian people, Asian, Asian, Asian. No. Just being in the black hair care business, well, let's step back because it's the Asian hair care business that black people wear. Okay. Their customers are black. You go to Chinese food, their customers are black. And I don't know if they own more of the, um, what do you call it, the uh, cleaners and things like that. Their customers are black. They service. You have to be able to service everybody. It, you know, if we're all, if we're 13% or 16%, okay, of the United States, if we only generate a trillion dollars, and to some of us, I'll take a trillion. Thank you so much. Okay, 
if we only generate a trillion, but corporations in America generate $35 trillion, $35 trillion. This is not farm income. This is not trade. This is not all of those other things. Just corporate business income, $1.1 trillion. But guess what? That $1.1 trillion is not generating from uh, wealth earners. We're not talking about businesses. You're talking about jobs. Jobs. So when it, there's a difference between, you know, this is the working public, and so, you know, this is out of all the black people working, this is what they make. But if you get fired, if you lose your job, well, we can just just cross that $382 a week off the $1.1 trillion. And like I said, less than 3% of that comes back to the black community. Why? Because there aren't enough black businesses that are doing sustainable businesses for black people to spend their money. They can only buy but so much shea butter. Okay? So the $1.1 trillion, they'll say $1.1 trillion, but it's $35 trillion just from corporate income. It's a drop in a bucket. So, you know, there's certain truths and certain statements that you can say, but you have to also understand the other stuff that comes along with it. And, again, I'm only saying this is that if we can get this, then we can work with the solutions. But if we just keep rattling off the same, you know, just the same adages that are so far off the mark, we'd never move from this. Never move from this because it's just true enough to keep us in that place. But it's just not the solution. And the music tells us that we're going to take a break, but we're going to be back. Stay with us. And that's India Ari. I am not my hair. And that's what we're talking about. Well, actually, our hair is no longer ours. I guess uh, that's probably a little more appropriate. But I always love that song. And when you listen to the words, you know, I think it's a lot of folks experience um, the, um, you know, just the evolution of uh, coming to terms with, uh, I think, our hair signifies who we are and just how different in a lot of cases we are and how uh, we're able to um, to manage, accept, and to actually um, being able to use those tools to get us to where we need to go, not implementing or imitating others, but understanding our own, um, not separate from anyone else, not better or worse than anyone else, but just understanding your own and the ideals and uh, narratives that will help you to move into that to that space. So India Ari, I am not my hair. I always love that. Okay, we have William on the line. It appears that William may have a different take, but that's okay. How are you, William? Okay, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. Uh, you're saying quite a few things I don't really agree with. Okay. But one thing, say when you get to the hair, you said you couldn't find someone to do your hair the way you want it done, that was black. They couldn't do it the way you want it no, done. No, that's not what I said. Ho, ho, ho. Well, 
So let's no 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 wait a minute because I want you to respond to what I said. I said the places where I went to did not do my hair. I didn't like the way they did my hair. Well, that's what I'm saying. You no, 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 no. But now, I, not that I couldn't find, because if I had taken the time to find someone, I probably would have found someone. So I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there are not good stylists out there that do natural hair. I'm not saying that. I said the places I went to. Well, okay, then how hard did you look then? You went to one place and no. forgot about it or what? Well, you know, first of all, you have to be a woman, all right? And so when I need my hair done, I'm not going on a trek to find someone to do my hair. I'm going to get it done, okay? And well, that's how it works. Well, I know some people I could have recommended to, you know, <laughs> you too then, you know. Uh, okay, let's not get lost. Okay, William, let's not get, see mm-hmm. what happens. Okay, see, I'm not going to go there because this is so important. We're not going to get lost in the, you know, the tit for tat, could have found someone because I recognize that uh, if I searched long enough, I would have found someone to do my hair, okay? So that's not the argument. The The point that I was trying to make is that w- when, and, and I just use the hair business as a example. This can be kind of folded over in many industries, but I'm just using the hair industry as an example. And that is that if as own business owners that when we look and we say that these are all of the reasons why we can't be successful, that sometimes we have to look inward and we have to deal with the issues of ourselves first. And when we clear those issues first and then we still have the same problems, okay, then we could say that that's that. But if I oh. walk into a salon, okay, and I cannot find someone to that there's a there's a stylist and I'm not talking about some girl that just came out of beauty school with her little license and she just started yesterday I'm talking about stylists who have been styling hair for years who have never done natural hair now that was the time that I actually went to get my hair done when I was working with a client and his product I went to multiple salons from Virginia Beach to even DC okay to Richmond and for the most part out of all of the salons that I had gone to if the young lady was under 35 she had never really styled a natural hair um number one you make and they would say you make more money putting weaves in the head because you slap a weave in the head and the people are paying three four hundred dollars you do natural hair it's 60 bucks, $70 to go in and just get your hair shampooed, um, blow dry, and press it out, $60. Why would she spend two hours on my hair when she could spend two hours and make three, $400? And that's just the nature of the business. Well, like I said before, I know people who can do natural hair. And you've got to remember, black people, they have different grades of hair. Everybody's okay, let's not, I'm not, not the same in the I'm black not, community. We're not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about business. We're not talking about the subject. Well, that's what I'm talking about also, business. Okay. If, somebody is in a, if somebody is doing the job, doing hair, they're in business. Okay, well, listen, they? William, the numbers. They can do it. Listen, the numbers do not support what you're saying. How come it doesn't support it? Because 
everybody wears a weave. Okay, because now listen, 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 listen. No, these Asian people. No, these these Asian people are not making the money that they're making because I don't mean every. No, that's not what I'm saying. Let me say. You're saying it. Okay, every listen. William, 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 listen. You're going in the wrong direction. Okay, I'm not going in the wrong direction. The industry supports. William, the industry supports that. There is a large percent of a great percentage of women and and white women wear weaves too. So let's not. I'm not just talking about black women, okay? Um, so white women wear weaves too. But the predominantly, you're gonna have the industry. If you go into salons, you calculate the industry of natural hair versus uh, weaves and braids and everything. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. Okay, my point is that when we want to complain about a business or not having that industry control of the industry, we do not control that industry. Okay, that industry is controlled by Asians. Okay, but it's black hair. Okay, so my point is that if you want to control an industry, first of all, you have to be able to be a part of it, not just the consumer of it. Okay, and so the numbers, and so that's what we're talking about. Again, I've already said if I, my sister's a hairstylist. Okay, so if I wanted to get my hair done, I well, she's in D.C. I'm not traveling all the way back to D.C. Um, but if I wanted to get my hair done, my sister will do my hair. Okay, but I know this industry because I've worked with her. I've seen it. I've had to do the research about it. And if you just look in every store, what beauty store do you go to that is not owned by Asian and predominantly not selling hair? Okay, well, I that's the, the predominant China. Okay, well that's the point. Again, if you want to be and make an impact in that industry, there are certain sacrifices that will have to be made, okay? But the thing about it, though, they really don't, okay, they really are blocking black people from, uh, you know. No, 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 you don't have to buy the hair. You don't have to buy the hair. Okay, so nobody. Well, I know that too. That's what I'm saying. But they are the ones in control of it. That's how come they get all these uh, places. But let me tell you what: if you negotiate, okay. So what we're seeing now, what I see some uh, uh, that's happening now, is because of the rise of the natural hair, and the drop, and it's not a huge drop, but drop enough that you have these Asian companies that are now selling to stylists directly. And they are now earning a part of that money that's coming through here. And again, that's what I'm talking about, that you have to be able to know your position and play your position. So now you should be able to negotiate a better deal because, hey, you're buying this stuff. You are their consumer. But rather than just consume, you need to go in and say, hey, look, if you want me to buy this hair, I want a percentage of it. You know, so now you're making a mark in that industry, okay? And you should because if if black women stop buying hair, that business would go I'm not going to say that it would go under, but they would have to find somebody else and somewhere else, okay? And it's not just black Americans, Africans and just the whole nine yards. I'm just saying that look, we just have to rethink the way we do it. I'm, there's the, nothing wrong with it. Just have to rethink but, it. 
But the thing about it, we don't really control the different industries or the suppliers. Okay, okay so you can go to gas. We don't control where there's, there's no black gas stations anymore. Right. Okay, we don't control gas, but we have to drive cars, though. Right. But we have to go to a business with Arabs or someone else, but not black people. Okay, they're the ones who supply it. Okay, they're the ones who, uh, you know, produce it and supply it and everything else. And they're the ones, they let them get those businesses, and blacks don't have those businesses. What? And that's the main problem that we have, though, because we are not the suppliers, you know, we are basically the consumers. And so, so, I mean, how just how, you know, it's really not how much really control that we're going to have that way. And the thing about it, blacks let these different people come into the community. But they're, uh, blacks not opening up anything anyplace else in Chinatown or anyplace else. Exactly. Uh, blacks are not in a, in a exactly. little village. Right. But the you know why people can, people can come in and open those businesses? Why? Because we haven't done it. And so if there's a need and someone comes in and fills a need, then folks are going to buy. You well, have to take a stand. Because we can't get the money, more or less. Not That's what so, I think. Not, not okay. so much. Okay, we let's, can't go to the bank and get the money to open up those businesses. Okay, William, so let's back up. Okay, so then if you can't go to the bank and get the money again, this was my next step, okay? And it's 1149. We'll continue. Um, but the next step was about family. See, the difference is that Asian families come together, and they pull their money together till they get to a certain level. And once you get to a certain level, then you can go to the bank. See, because when you go to the bank and it's just you and you've got a little job and, th- and you're the only one signing, but you don't have no collateral behind that signature, there's nothing that they can see that they can snatch if you don't pay for it then you're not getting that loan and when it's just you. But when you Asian and you got the mama, the papa, the three sons working in the same place, they got this, they got that, and they go in and sign, okay, then you're going to get the money, okay? I've seen it. Again, I've been in the mortgage. I've seen where families have come in and have worked in McDonald's and have bought houses, okay? I'm trying to tell you that it's about rethinking. And so families, the family uh, not working together, pulling that little bit of money together, a, a little McDonald's job that the mama and the papa was working, and they had two sons, and then they was bringing another son over that was getting married, and he was they was going to take the equity from that house and put that as a deposit as a new house. I'm trying to tell you, it's about strategy. It's not about waiting for these folks to do something for you. This stuff that can be done if you work together. We don't work together. Okay. okay, well, we don't this work is together. One thing I remember reading, they were talking about South Africa. Okay, at that time then, the Chinese was like on the same, basically about the same level as blacks were in, uh, mm-hmm. in uh, China, I mean in uh, South Africa. Right. But what it was, though, the South Africans wanted to do business with the Chinese. So since they wanted to do business with China, okay, they raised their status up. Okay, that was like about, I guess, around the same time with Gandhi and stuff like that, or maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you talking about you talking about time. Asians raised their status up? Is what you said? No, saying? I said the South African government. Oh, okay. Raised, they stopped all the discrimination against Chinese. Oh, okay. But they kept blacks at this lower level. But they wanted the Chinese market, and so they felt as though they had to treat the Chinese better. And that's basically what it is. And here. it comes, to, and you are, way, you are so right, because it comes down to the dollar. And so how do you create that? And in most cases, you got to start with 
the family. But as a family, if you're not united and together, it's very difficult to create that that first layer, that first round of financing is the family. Okay, and without that, what you do, you are a lone ranger going into these places trying to deal in an environment that expects you you walk in at a two, they expect you to be a five when you walk in. So you not you gotta do what you have to do to make yourself that five. Okay? Anyway, let's William, thank you so much. I appreciate um what you're saying. I don't totally disagree with what you're saying, I understand. But what I am saying is that we have to get past that thinking because otherwise we're gonna continue to swim in this uh this swamp, as they say. Okay, so thank you so much. I only have a few more moments here, and I have Anita on the line. Thank you, William. Anita, okay. are you there? Yes, I'm here, and uh, I want to just say this. I know you're short on time. Uh, I agree with you 100%. As a consumer, I feel we do have a lot of power, and I think that we, Absolutely. as people need to put, uh, we can put more of a demand on these Absolutely. On, the, on, on these people than we do. And if all of these beauticians would come together and maybe only purchase from people that, that, that help them That's... and deal with them, we could show, we could you show. Shut our, our, our you shut strength. them down. You shut them down. You got our beauticians running around here, everybody going in these different directions and buying hair. Even if you want braids now, you got to buy hair. You got to buy hair. Right. And like you said, nobody don't want to, they, nobody wants to do anything with their natural hair anymore mm -hmm. because in most cases it's so damaged. My hair, I, I got thick hair. So when I get my hair blow dried, I had to go ahead and get a perm. I waited like six months, but when I get my hair blow dried, that, that, that heat is so strong that my hair, I can't even get it nappy again when I want to just, like, you know, wear right. it kind of natural and curled right. up and right. nap. It won't get nappy. It's, it's so straight. They got it so straight. It, it changes the texture of your hair. One mm -hmm. more thing I want to say about the beauticians. I had a stylist for 20 years, the same person was doing my hair, and every year it seemed like she was getting worse and worse, mm -hmm. lazier and lazier. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the more weave she did, the less natural hair she wanted to do. Because I like curls. I'm old school. I like curls in my hair. Mm -hmm. And they, she didn't want to do it. No, she don't right. want to curl your hair no more. Right. Then she stopped burning my hair. Just, right. just a mess. So I agree with you. And, and, and I hope the stylists that are listening... If they could just come together, they need to have an organization. All right. these organizations out here, why nobody haven't pulled these stylists together? They make thank a lot you. of money. Thank a you. Lot, and a that, lot, and a lot of money. Thank so you, Anita. Take that money. <laughs> I appreciate it. You got to listen next week. We're going to follow up. Well, next week is our po politics show, but we might do a little bit. And, and we'll, we'll okay. bring I love, I love your topic, and I hope, I hope. Somebody listening, yeah, and I hope it makes a difference that absolutely somebody make a difference you got it. You got to you know, all these organizations Yay. get some of this hair money. That right, you got to rethink how you're doing it. You just got to stop handing folks your money. It's okay stop to be it. a consumer, but be a, right. be smart. Be right. smart. Be Only smart. go to the people that that you know are going to support you exactly. and what you're trying to do. You know. Go ahead, Anita. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Right. My name is Vanita, too. Thank oh, Vanita. Okay, Vanita. Okay, thank you so much. All yeah, right. No yeah. problem. See, see that, and that's what I'm talking about. There's nothing wrong. This is not a complaint about 
any industry, any one person, any one thing. Let me tell you what. And I started out talking about the impeachment. What my point was that you got to understand there's a ruling class, but there are white folks out here that just like you, they white folks out here trying to make it. Yes, they get a little bit of extra because their skin is white, and so they fall under the same white skin as a ruling class. But some of these people are out here will be your biggest um, supporter. But you got to do your due diligence. And if we're only thinking about doing business as black people, it's no way. They're just, it just mathematically, it doesn't even add up that $1.1 trillion versus $35 trillion that we're going to catch up if we do not understand uh, about uh uh, the supply and demand and there's no ethnicity out here that sits around talks about we're just going to do business with white, white people we just i mean now now there is that that's but that's when you get into that higher dollar okay we're just going to do business with asian we're just going to no they do business we buy from everybody we are everybody's consumer okay we buy from everybody why do we not put ourselves in a position to sell to everybody you sell to everybody you get everybody's money everybody's money and then you invest in your own you buy i mean you 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 sell to everyone you invest in yourself you sell to everyone to generate the revenue source and you invest in yourself and that's how you build okay but if you try everybody trying to get a hold of the same five dollars okay everybody's trying to get a uh, african-americans okay a total of 1.1 trillion dollars that is not a lot of money okay now granted i will take it thank you so much but when we're talking about the scheme of things that's not a lot of money and when you spread it out you're talking about everybody is fighting for the same money. No, got to go get some new, fresh money. Got to get some money from this group of people, those group of people, the tall people, the short people, the, you know, the black people, the white people, the Asian people. You sell to everybody. But we have to do have our businesses in a place that we can sell to everyone. But, you know, we shortchange our business. We have cust- questionable cu- customer service. And we give that to our own people. But we wouldn't dare turn around and give that same shoddy customer service to Asian people or white people. Because, you know, they ain't going to stand for it. Okay? And black people sometimes ain't going to stand for it. But, you know, they'll come and support you anyway. You know? So until we get it through our head to first be business people, business, quality business, and that business person happens to be black, we're going to always be right here. Okay, and so half of these people, when we're saying white, like I said, that construct of the impeachment looks and you will see the ruling class that don't give a nothing about nobody. Okay, but there are people who happen to be white. Who are not so much the enemy. (laughs) You know, they're not so much the enemy. They're part of the fabric. We're all a part of this fabric. And we need to figure out how to navigate and move through it in order to be successful. Otherwise, we're going to keep going. Well, I'm going to have to say, y'all going to keep going around that circle because I'm just not a proponent to that. I'm sorry. I'm not a proponent to those all those adages. They may have had a time and a space for it. And, you know, that's cool. I understand we've got to do what we got to do when we have to do it. But there's also a time that we got to change. 
and that time is now because we are in it. We are in it, and it is fast moving past us because this world is global. This economy is global. Okay? So that's the late shift. I hope you guys had fun. I had fun. <laughs> It's all in love. Love you guys. You know, I I bring this to you because I want you to do better. I want to do better. I want us all to do better. Um, You know, so I think we can. I believe we can. So I thank you for listening. Make sure you tune in uh, next week. To next week is our politics and stuff show. So, hey, I always love that. Okay, so have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. Take time to love you. Love the people around you. And let's do better. You have a great weekend. Take care.